Hello and welcome to the Health Interpreter Series, an initiative to cover topics to better understand and engage with health policy and enable communities to get better access to health services across rural Australia. Before we start, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we work and live. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. It's something you might have heard about in the news. It's called the single employer model. The Prime Minister has talked about it in Tasmania, and it's all based on something that has been going on for some time in the Riverina. It's called the Murrumbidgee model. And with me today, it's very thankful to have him, is Dr Alam Youssef, the Director of Primary Care for the Murrumbidgee Local Health District in New South Wales. Uh, Dr Alam, or Alam, welcome. Thank you. Great to be with you. So before we... uh, get into the actual details about exactly what is, first of all, the single employer model and, and what the Murrumbidgee model is. Let's talk about you. You're, you're obviously uh, the Director of Primary Care at the Murrumbidgee Local Health District, but you're also a GP. You're yep. a local GP in Finlay. Right. Tell us about your story. How did you end up being the local GP in Finlay? Uh, in 2006, there was a situation that I had to leave Sri Lanka and I couldn't work there anymore. And when that happened, I moved to Sydney to do my master's in public health with UNSW. Around that time, I was doing my exams for general practice and was looking for a place to go and work. One was Ipswich, the other one was Darwin, the other one was Finley. I'd loved the Darwin one, but my wife liked the Finley one, so we ended up settling to Finley. And Finley's my home now. And I've been there for more than 16 years now. And as part of your work in the community, you've been offered a position and taken a position in the local district. Uh, and it's quite a big area, uh, the Murrumbidgee area geographically. Can we mm. just talk about that first of all before we go into the model? It's 125,000 square kilometres with a quarter of a million yep. people population, mm-hmm. 83 GP practices. Yep and 280 GPs. That's right. Look, huge area. You know, I come from Sri Lanka. Marumbiji is twice as big as Sri Lanka. When I go and speak to my friends and colleagues over there and say, look, I look after an area which is twice as big as Sri Lanka, but only 250,000 people, they get, you know, alarmed and, you know, they, they laugh at me thinking what the hell it is. <laughs> um, look, I've been working in Marumbiji since 2008 as a GP in Finlay and a GPVMO for Finley Hospital. It is about in 2018 when I took over the role of Director of Primary Health Care for uh, Marumbiji Local Health District, where I was involved with wider Marumbiji-related stuff. So I love working with people. I love uh, talking to people and moving them and mobilizing them to develop communities and progress certain stuff. I love changing things and changing people for better. So I think I've got the best job at the moment. I can see patients in the medical centre. I can see patients in the hospital. And I talk to every man and a dog in the whole district. So what better than that you can have? And at the same time, you're at the forefront of innovation in medical policy across the country And we're actually talking to you. We've just been able to grab you after a big day. You hosted the 2023 Single Employer Model Forum in rural, by rural, for rural. Uh, And we had members of 
the uh, federal government here, state governments. We had representatives from Queensland, South Australia, Victoria, Tasmania, all to find out about what's happening here with this single employer model. So let's let's start talking about it. Yep. I think single employer model is kind of a misnomer. The real name for it is a place-based solution for local regional situation. Marumbiji has a significant issue where is, you know, 65% of our general practice are international medical graduates and most of them come here and stay for a while. Once they are requirement to stay in the region, they move away. And increasingly, we are seeing GPs who are in the community general practice but who don't want to do any hospital work in the region. Our region is not one of those places like in the city where you can only do general practice in the community setting. Our region is about looking after the towns, looking after the community, looking after the whole region. That is the game here. It's not about looking after your practice. So we want people, JPs in our region in Marumbeji, who can look after patients in general practice, who can look after patients in the hospital, who can look after patients in uh, aged care, and who can involve in teaching and advocacy and training-related stuff in the region. That's the totalistic approach we want. And for that very purpose, we designed the Marumbiji model. And the unusual thing about this and why this is getting such attention is that, and as, as our listeners in the previous podcast who aren't probably as involved in the health sector, uh, this is modelled at primary care too. Mm. It's, it's, it's very much targeting primary care, but it's the state government or the local health district here, which is very much about secondary care, hospitals, mm. ambulance and that sort of thing, being involved in an area which normally would have been the only solely focus of the federal government. Yep, you're very correct there. The story is that what comes to the secondary care in the hospital system is defined by how good or bad is our primary care. If our primary care system is broken down or, you know, kind of falling apart, secondary care will not be able to cope. We've learned that lesson long time ago. It's nothing new. They're not rocket science. It's well-known stuff for years and years. As a region, myself and few other GPs and local health district C. Jill Ludford and Len Bruce and few others in the local health district, we made a decision that we need to do something different. We can't keep letting this happen over and again and again. And we have the energy, power, and the leverages to make the change. That was our decision. And on that, we ended up, you know, take, embarking on the Marumbiji model of um, training GPs and growing them in our own region. So the benefit is that Students, and, and again, Wagga's got a very good position because it has three universities, I think, uh, which are offering undergraduate degrees, medical degrees here. So you have a pool of students mm-hmm. uh, that are here. Mm-hmm. And so my understanding is that with the model is then you take them where normally after they finish that and they then have to go out and it was explained today that essentially they have to formulate opportunities for themselves for six months, and every six months then they have to find a new employer, a new GP practice where they get to 
do their postgraduate studies, uh, where this model will then say, no, 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 we will look after that for you. We'll employ you during that time. That's one less burden you have, but it means that we actually get to add you to our pool of resources within the local health district. That's right. You're right. Uh, we recognise students from our rural clinical schools who have a significant interest to work in rural remote areas. Not only Marumbeji, it might be Western or Far West, wherever. Right? Your rural intent is our most important factor. Once we recognise those students in the rural clinical schools, we'll have them doing their internship first two years after graduation in Woga. When they complete that, we will roll them into an employment contract with Marumbiji Local Health District where they get employed as a general practice registrar where they can complete their fellowship or specialist training as a rural general practitioner completely within our region. Most importantly, within our region in towns of MMM4 and above, that is towns such as Yang, Kutamandra, Timora, Deniliquan, or um, or remote than that, places such as like that. They're not based in Wagga Wagga or Griffith, and they're in the district sites where they're mostly in need and where they would get the level of exposure and expertise to grow. So imagine getting this in place. You need the cooperation, obviously, as you said, you had a a very supportive and, in fact, um, very active chief executive. Uh, You needed the state government to enable this to happen, Uh, but the community needed to be very much involved in this because you need the GPs to actually say, okay, well, this is a model that we can actually support and help. How, How did you go about getting the local communities as part of the process? I think it was the relationship that I've developed over the last 15 to 16 years being in the region. vast majority of the GPs are well known to me and I have a good working relationship with them and with my different roles that I have with rural clinical schools, the MLHD and the PHN and different other staff. I used to talk to them, negotiate with them and navigate them through certain problematic situations. So uh, I made use of that connections and my bridges that are built. And by doing that, it was easy for me to talk to many general practices and get them on board and work towards one final goal because this is compared to many other single employee model that we have in country, this is completely a different version where state government is working with private general practice businesses and employing registrars and placing them in private general practices and finding a way to train and navigate them towards a higher level of rural practitioner qualification. And today it was um, not only do you have the benefit for the, the, the registers, uh, I was going to say student, but they're not students anymore, mm-hmm. that they then don't have to go around it finding someone in six months' time and, and the paperwork, sign new contracts and all that sort of thing. But you're talking about today was it actually helps them 
in their skills development because they can actually do the GP service that they're going to do, but then they can come back into the hospital space. Yep. Just explain a little bit how that works. So the hospital system works in the state government. It's a different setup inside hospitals. General practice work is in community general practice in private GP rooms. Our version of single employment model, we have the ability to employ the registrar under the local health district and have a uniform contract, one contract to work in all those spheres. And it is easy for us to cut and paste and chop and mix the requirements that they need to be able to be a skillful person. So we will be able to personalize their pathway towards become a specialist rural doctor in this mechanism a lot more easy yeah, and a lot more comfortably than what you would normally do through the traditional pathways. That's the you know attraction of it. And that all comes with lots of employment benefits, otherwise that they don't get, lots of job security that, that otherwise they don't get. So with this all comes with all those additional perks, so why wouldn't? So traditionally, I assume, you would have seen a lot of these students as they graduated and, and go out to the force, leaving the area. So you get the added advantage of keeping them here for those extra years. And I assume the then retention rate goes up because what is seen is that the longer you keep them in rural areas, yep. the more they want to stay. That's exactly. The longer you keep them, the better you look after them, better you tailor your approach to suit them, they'll stay with us. People go when we don't meet their needs. If we meet the trainees' needs, trainees will stay with us. So our approach is very simple. We wanted to become a tailor-made and a specific a pathway for our trainees to become rural generalists in our region so we can make that happen. So you're saying today too that you started with four, mm-hmm. you now have a hundred. What have you seen already in these early days of the program? What's it meant for you and your workforce and your talent that you actually have now in this Murrumbidgee area? Yep. In Marumbiji, uh, version of single employment model, we've employed 10 people by now. Out of those 10, all 10 are working in Marumbiji region now. Out of those 10, nine are working in more rural towns than Wagga and Griffith. They're working in lots of other smaller towns. Out of those um, nine who are working in rural towns, Six have bought properties or married or settled with partners in the regions, you know. That means these guys are going to be with us in our region, looking after our people for a longer term. You won't get that, you know, opportunity with a normal general practice training pathway. For us to have about 10 people settling in the region, we'll have to go through about 10, 12 years to be truthful. That's what normally happens you'll have about one or two settling in the region every one or two years. So that's one thing. The second thing is that because we've done good and state and federal government have looked at what we've been doing and are very impressed with how the model's working and they have 
taken our example as a way of doing things in the future and they've rolled out to have more GP trainees in the similar pathways in a whole of regional New South Wales. That's what you meant. There's about another 80 new entries we're going to be taking in. By January, February 2024, we're going to have more entrants in the similar pathways, but that will be for areas such as Western, Far West, Southern, and Northern New South Wales. So many other regions are going to see the benefit of our version of um, general practice training. And Jill Ludford, the Chief Executive of the Murrumbidgee Health District, uh, was very clear this morning in her opening comments that this has been good for the Murrumbidgee. doesn't mean that the model is going to work and replicate anywhere else uh, as perfectly because this model was designed for the problems and the area. But I think the lesson out of today was that we can actually learn from each other and actually then design things similar but which meet the characteristics and the needs of those areas. So, you know, it was interesting to hear people from Victoria, Tasmania talk about theirs. What are you hearing about other things that are going on? Because there's there's work being done in Queensland, there's work being done in Tasmania. What are you learning and hearing about the other models? Yep. At the moment, South Australia has already started up very similar version of employment. Tasmania is starting their rural generalist training as of next Monday. And over the next few months and years to come, we will have many other jurisdictions starting very similar version. But what we want to say is that Marumbiji model framework can be applied anywhere, but it has to be personalized for the place where it is being applied. I have this famous quote I say to everyone, you know, Marumbiji model is a gate. How the gate is being designed you will have to work it out. It can be a metal one, it can be a wooden one, it can be a crappy one, it can be a very sophisticated electronic one, but you can design a gate the way you like, but it has to be a gate. What Marumbiji model's proving is you can use the framework of a gate that we've done and personalize to the need of the region where it is applied. What you can't do is that you can't do exactly what we are doing in another place. Mm. It won't work like that because this is personalised for our requirement. And how have you found it? Because one of the criticisms that you hear and have heard for, for many, many years is the fact that there's the state government, the federal government, they do their things that there's no real collaboration. Yet this has been achieved through absolute collaboration mm. between federal and state governments but also collaboration at the local level. Collaboration of at the local level is the main key here. We decided as a local health district to work with private general practices. Enabling factor of that is having this memorandum of understanding with the federal government and having this 19-2 exemption. It's, a, it's an exemption where it allows a state government employee to be able to Medicare bill when they see patients. So... Do having that exemption enables us to sharpen our collaboration between private general practices. That's the breakthrough that we have. 
And so you're right. There's very limited places where state and federal work together. This is one of it, and this is one of the best of it. And the federal government have asked other state governments to say, we'll help support this uh, and support other states mm-hmm. to, well, as I said, Queensland and South Australia are already doing certain models in, in their way, but to ensure that we actually are ready to make sure that this gets rolled out uh, as quickly as possible. Yep. Today was, yes, you're right. Today was a important day to share and collaborate with different states and compare and contrast our learnings in different jurisdictions. And to take a message back to all jurisdictions that conceptually single employer model, a place-based solution needs to be tailored for their need and they will have to work out how to do that. That's kind of the, you know, peak message and then networking, collaborating, getting to know people and having people known to be able to call and find and, you know, get, you know, share stories is an important thing and you do something new. And one of the things um, we've been involved in, when I say we, I mean as with my hat as Rural Doctors Network, this is obviously for registrars. What we've seen in, in central western New South Wales is a program called the Four Ts, which is actually about... GPs being part of the LHD, which is a different model totally to this, but again, it's the state government through the LHD being involved and actually employing the general practice. Yep. Uh, and this is in towns where it's just not viable to have a GP mm-hmm. in there. So that's the Forties in, in yep. Trundle, yep. Trangy, Tottenham. Forties um, yep. is yeah. an extension of our model yep. into a different aspect where the local health district employs GPVMOs to provide services for small hospitals, aged care and primary care, all to be done in state government-run primary care centres. Otherwise, private general practice by itself won't be viable to be able to do that. So it's another version of what we do. Our version is about general practice training, uh, registrars completing their training in our region to become a specialist rural practitioner. And 40 is st- recognizing rural practitioners who can be employed in a smaller town or small hospitals where otherwise there wouldn't be any services. So I think different versions of our iterations are needed. And that is one of the certain ways that we need to step. So what would you say if you had the, the chance to talk to the, the federal minister for, for health or the, or the state minister for health and say, look, this is what we've done, this is the experience, what can we do differently or what would you like to see done differently to make it better? I think federal and state ministers have recognised the fact that Federal-state collaboration is a key indicator of success, particularly in primary care. Uh, I honestly think uh, local health districts, primary general practice, private general practices, uh, primary health networks, that's PHNs, and local government bodies in regional New South Wales, if they all work together towards one goal of 
you know, growing our own and becoming self-sufficient with our workforce, which is not something that you can't do. If we can do that, we'll be at a lot more better place than where we are now. I want to take that a little bit further because what we saw um, and the information that came out today too was that you're seeing the marriaging of, of programs that are already existing. So, for example, uh, one of the universities was saying that they have a, an extensive program in to go to high schools in the area in year nine to start you know, science awards to, to look at students that are possibly ready to go into uh, medicine, mm. uh, medical career. And this actually adds to that because you get them as they're coming in to that undergraduate program and then as they come out, you then can pick them up again and bring them along the journey but in your local area. Exactly. Complimentary, isn't it? That's exactly what we want. We want to have end-to-end, from beginning to end, complete training pathways in our region. Wouldn't Wouldn't it be nice that we have general practice rural practitioners, that's rural generalists, and many other specialist pathways to to be self-sufficient and to be able to train them within our region, which is not not doable, which is can be done, which isn't something that which is not done in many other countries, which is done in Canada and many other places. So we can do it, and you just need to reorient the services and reorient the system to be able to do it any change is difficult, has to be chipped on step by step, you know, little by little. And I think we are heading on the right direction on it. And where do you see it going from here? What's the next step for this? Is it just to wait and see for a little bit, let it go for a few years to see how those students, ex-students, sorry, the registers, mm. where they end up and whether they end up staying in the community? Yeah, I think next step is to involve more private general practices in the region and try and accommodate more registrars to be able to go through our pathway. Then we can see how uh, smaller towns flourish with, you know, highly skilled rural clinicians. When the smaller town flourishes, the very smaller towns around them will flourish. When that happens, we will have much better workforce to be able to dish out to other regions such as, you know, Broken Hill and other places where we'll have more uh, appetite for those kind of uh, places too. So I think, I think what we need to do is we need to expand on what we built and then see how best we can make it even better with time to come. It's an evolving process, though. And I wonder if there's been any flow-on benefits that were not intended but have added to the program's ability to actually deliver better services. So, for example, you now have a relationship with more GPs where you probably didn't have that sort of in-depth knowledge because you're getting to know the practices. The practices are getting to know your services in the secondary sort of area of the health network. So has there been flow on from that? Has there been outcomes there that you you probably didn't think were going to happen or weren't specifically designed as part of this model? Yes, you're right. Uh, There are quite a lot of unintended consequences, which has been really positive for us. 
uh, the relationship that we have with general practices in the region in general has improved. The understanding between private general practices and smaller hospitals in the region has got better. The ways of communication that we had with GPs and the hospitalists has improved. And the understanding of how primary care work among the executives in local health district has changed. The way we deal with you know, councils, primary health networks, and other stakeholders have improved, and they're all really positive factors. They're all stuff that we wouldn't have had otherwise. Before we finish up, uh, and obviously this podcast is about enabling local communities to be more involved, just explain to us a little bit more about the engagement of the local government around the areas in this program and the sort of support they've been able to give or the sort of requirements you would like to see from them? I think uh, local governments being aware of something happening like this is very important. When an issue come up, then they can come forward with some solutions. For example, certain places we have local governments own GP practices. Certain places we have local government and, you know, representatives are part of local health advisory committees. In certain places we have local governments providing accommodation for medical workforce. In certain places we have local governments working in collaboration with local health districts and private GP practices to enable uh, you know, different level of fundings and support and things like that. So they're all good things to, you know, kind of build on and try and find even better avenues to, you know, sharpen it and grow it. I guess this employment model in Marumbiji will open up more pathways for that. So the government has announced that they're going to roll this out across the country or enable this to be rolled out across the country. Are you working with anyone in particular uh, other than the workshop you had today uh, in helping getting this model across in other jurisdictions? I've been working with the federal government single employer model uh, unit for quite some time since the time we signed up the Memorandum of Understanding, that is 2020 October. And as Marumbiji, we made a decision that we will take um, any steps that will help this to be rolled out across the country. And we will take any step to help and support federal government as well as any other jurisdiction. So we are hell-bent on that. And we've been working with them very closely for quite some time. And we have a very good relationship with the federal ministry and other states. Well, I think on that note, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. It's exciting. And maybe we should do this in a couple of years' time and see how it's uh, progressed. That's right. We should. We should see where we are. I think there is an evaluation process which is going to start end of this year, which has been uh, funded by the federal ministry. The evaluation process will bring up really good news and really good um, examples of how this has worked. Well, it's been very exciting. It's been a wonderful day. So thank you very much for hosting it. And we look forward to talking and hearing more success about the single employer model here from the Murrumbidgee. 
It's been very interesting to talk to you and thanks for having me. And always, as always, I'm more than happy to help. This podcast is produced by Health Pro Media and funded by the New South Wales Government. You can find out more information or let us know about topics you would like to cover by going to our website at communitysolutionshub.com. In the meantime, please like, follow and share. Until next time, thanks for listening. The information provided in this podcast is of a general educational nature only. The views expressed are that of the presenters and not of the New South Wales Government or the New South Wales Rural Doctors Network.